My name is Rose Cortine and you're listening to the Talking Teenage Life podcast. This is a podcast that explores people's experiences in their teenage years and what they've learnt since. On today's Talking Teenage Life podcast, we'll be interviewing Mel Menems. Hello, Mel. Hello. Let's start off with your teenage years. Where were you in your teenage years? So I lived in a small village in Bedfordshire, which um, I tell you, it's a little known county, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I normally say Hertfordshire because most people have heard of that, but <laughs> technically Bedfordshire, yeah. When you would talk about your family, who was in your family? Um, so my mum, dad, and my younger brother, who was two years younger than me. Yeah. So would you say you got on well with your brother? Or mm, I think we tolerated each other. Um, yeah. I think as we've got older, we've kind of discovered we don't have a lot in common. Which is really <laughs> a sort of hard thing to admit. Yeah. But I think we, we did get on, but, you know, two years is quite a big difference, actually. Yeah. When you're... Um, Different genders as Different well. Different gender, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know, he was off with his friends and I was doing my own thing. And yeah, our paths kind of drifted apart quite soon. Yeah. Um, how? What was school life? Did you enjoy school or did you find it quite hard? Do you know what? I think I did quite enjoy school. Yeah. Um, I guess there were bits that I didn't enjoy as much. But yeah. I, w- I think I was quite studious. Yeah. Did you have, an, did you have like good groups of friends as, as well? Yeah, I think so. It, um, so I went to a girls' school. Yeah. Um, which obviously is a bit different. Um, yeah. So I had different groups of friends, I think. And then yeah. I remember we had a big falling out at one point. Yeah. Which lasted probably two years and was just so pointless. Yeah. Um, but then we seemed to be sorted out by sixth form. But yeah, I think generally yeah. friendships, it was it was fine. Did you have any other interests outside of school? So my main interest was horse riding. Yeah. Um, I got a horse when I was 13. Um, just on loan for a couple of years and then we bought one um, and I had her all through my teenage years so yeah. I did quite a lot of competing and just long hacks at the weekends and which was really good. Do you think that's made you more environmentally aware being always outside on your horse? I think so actually yeah it kind of yeah. gets you at one with nature I suppose and, yeah. and out and about and yeah it just it brings you to nature yeah more. definitely yeah. you know it definitely brings a sort of point of calm when you're yeah. in a field or you know going to the hills and just, just get away from of, everything else exactly yeah roaming free yeah did you ever want to go into horse riding and become a professional horse rider or not I think probably at some point yeah, yeah. um and I did enjoy competing but my horse was a bit scatty and oh. it was always a little bit of, oh my gosh I'm glad I survived that round yeah than, you know we're actually any good she was you know she had good days she had bad days yeah um so with her, there was no kind of um, chance of doing anything amazing. Yeah. Um, and I did then have jobs sort of with horses um, yeah. after I left school. But it's hard work, actually. Yeah. I think I appreciated that it's, it's very hard work. Um, so there were other things I wanted to do. Instead. Yeah. What other aspirations did you have for the future? So at one point, I wanted to be a lawyer. 
Yeah. At one point, I wanted to work in the UN or the EU, yeah. be a translator or something like that. Yeah. Again, really hard work, which makes me sound really lazy. That's <laughs> the hard work, but yeah. I think I realised that I probably wasn't good enough at the things that I needed to be. Yeah. To, to did you that. did you study any of the things like those types of things at university? So I did French, yeah, and yeah. Um, European studies. So I always had an interest in. Kind of yeah. the world around me and I have to say you know Brexit and everything like yeah. I should be an expert on <laughs> European studies but it was some time ago and it was yeah. a bit different then but um did yeah, you kind of did you enjoy university as much as you enjoyed school uh, I think it's very different yeah um yeah I did enjoy the learning I yeah I never particularly enjoyed writing essays I think I was found that a bit pointless um, yeah and I did like the social side of university yeah. Um, and I got to live in France for a year. Yeah. Which was good. What did that um, include? So I was a assistante, which means yeah. you teach English. As a um, foreign as language. A foreign language, yeah. yeah. Um, which was quite tricky. And I actually came back saying, I'm never teaching again. That was just, <laughs> I think because I was still quite young. Yeah. And the children I was teaching were almost were, the same age. Were, yeah. yeah. Sort of upper six. And that was quite intimidating yeah actually and because it was a boarding school so I was living on site as well yeah and it was in the middle of nowhere and you, you hardly know, knew anyone as well yeah exactly no so you know but I did get to go skiing at the weekends and on Wednesdays because <laughs> it was in the mountains so it wasn't yeah bad. um it was a bit of a learning experience which I guess is what it was meant to be yeah um when some people were at their late teens or early 20s, they go travelling. You did that as well. What made you want to travel? I think partly because I didn't know what I wanted to do yeah. when I left school. Um, I knew I was interested in languages, but yeah. um, like I what? said, my, my A-level grades weren't good enough to do um, law and French and things, which yeah. were my, sort of my, what I thought I wanted to do. Um, so, yeah, I had a year out and... Well, actually, I had a year out before I went to university and then yeah. I went travelling after university as well. <laughs> so where did you go when you were travelling? So after university, um, we booked a round-the-world ticket and we yeah. went to Asia first um, and spent three months there. And then we spent three months in Australia. Yeah. Um, and then a bit of time in New Zealand and then came back via South America. Yeah. We were away for sort of 10 months, which was And amazing. who's we? Oh, me and... Um, well, he's now my husband, I guess. Yeah. My boyfriend of the time. Yeah. Would you say there was one standout place that you would love to go back to? Oh, it's really hard, you know, because it was about 20 years ago. Yeah. And All the places have changed. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, in my mind, I would like to go back to Thailand, to Cambodia. Yeah. Because they were amazing. But I think 20 years ago, they were really different. Yeah. You know, now... You know, tourism there is is huge. Yeah. Um, what what like made them so special? So like, t- what made them stand out to you? I think well, particularly Cambodia, because when yeah. we went, lots of people say, "Oh, don't go to Cambodia; it's very dangerous." And, yeah. You know, a bit naively looking back, there were some situations which actually were, it was quite dangerous. Yeah. And we were just, you know, hoping that the locals that you know on the bus yeah. were doing you know going to get us across this border or whatever. Yeah. Um. And, you know, the history and the culture is amazing. Yeah. And also, do you know, weirdly, I think they did a um, fundraising thing on Blue Peter years and years and years ago about Cambodia. Yeah. Um, So it was always one of those places that we'd heard about, 
Um, but never I knew the history yeah. just to be there and Angkor Wat is stunning but we were one of what you know hundreds I think yeah. now we'd be one of thousands which is different isn't it yeah you know? um well so did you work while you were out there like to earn money to go to all the different places um, I worked for a bit in Australia yeah. yeah we had planned to we did have work visas yeah but, um it was following the Olympics there so there were a lot of people oh, yeah. who'd been out there working for the Olympics and were still there so oh, you know, right. by comparison to other times there were seemed to be fewer jobs um, yeah but I did work in a bar in a random mining town for a few <laughs> weeks which was again an experience but sort of yeah funded were there any more. like stories that you thought oh gosh I really don't want to go there or like disasters that happened while you're out there <laughs> Yes, there were. There was um, an earthquake when we were oh. in Chile. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, woke us up. The house or the you know the building we were yeah. in was rocking, um, and we'd been we were due to go on a bus the next day, Aye. and they'd originally said, "Oh no, you can't do it," and then they said, "Oh no, it's fine, we will." I actually thought I was going to die. On yeah. That day because half the road had fallen off, so they would do they kind of closed it, so it was one way traffic. So we'd yeah. sit in traffic lights for about two hours while the traffic came the other way. Yeah. And then the bus driver didn't seem to be phased by the fact that half the road had gone and there were cracks. Oh my gosh. And there was a drop down the side. And, you know, ironically, we were thinking we've got around the world. Yeah. Fine. And now, you know, in the last few weeks, we're going to die. Yeah. The side of the so that yeah. and there were um, volcanoes in um, Indonesia. Yeah. Erupting, you know, slightly. Yeah. So. Yeah, a few but like sites that you'll probably never see again and exactly. amazing. Was there any? Um, you're obviously passionate about the environment. There, when you were out there, did you see anything that you now think, "Gosh, that was really wrong," or like that's really good that they were doing that for the environment? I think I was less aware there. Yeah, uh, if I'm honest. Um, but I do remember things. So Asia, a lot of drinks are served in plastic bags with yeah. straws I can't really figure out why that's yeah a thing but and obviously then they're just thrown out of the, yeah. the bus windows um so yeah I remember thinking at the time this that's not just right. a waste um, yeah and again you know there's islands that we went to in Indonesia which I know for a fact even then the rubbish was just being piled in the middle of the island oh right um now, if you factor in how many more tourists are going, yeah, now, that's a whole load more rubbish. Happening. Yeah, it's just I guess it's being burnt or whatever. yeah, um, you know the the waste is not being dealt with, wasn't being yeah. dealt with then, and it's not being dealt with now. I don't think. So, when you were like a child, were you aware of any any rubbish situations, or did you just not really know a thing? I don't think. I thought about it, if I'm yeah. honest. You know, I remember we used to recycle our glass. Yeah. Um, and compost food scraps and things. But yeah. I don't think I, I thought about it particularly. And do you think the younger um, generation now, do you think they're more aware? I think some are. Yeah. Um, and I think some still couldn't care less. Yeah. Um, which is really hard. Isn't yeah. How do you change their minds, really? Yeah. And... um. What about your girls? Are they more aware as yeah, well? They're more and, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they do stuff at school. Um, yeah, but I think when it's sort of reinforced at home, and they've obviously seen what I've been doing yeah. for the last year, yeah, they're pretty uh, on my side. Luckily, yeah. <laughs> Where if you were just like starting, because you realise what a crisis we're in now, where where would you start? 
I think I would probably... Well, so if you look around your house, it's actually yeah. quite amazing Surprising. how much yeah. single-use plastic there is. I mean, I've still got bottles of stuff, too, yeah. of lotions and potions and yeah. stuff that... I don't know, I must have been given or yeah. have just kind of accumulated. So yeah. I'm still running those down. Um, but I think, you know, those simple things, I would say, you know, get a reusable water bottle, um, make sure that you are, yes, putting the right plastics in the recycling bin, but yeah. actually try and cut down on the plastic on them, you're yeah. using um, just, in the first yeah. place because recycling isn't going to solve the problem, really. There's too yeah. much. Do you think, like, our globally we've gone too far and there's nothing we can do now i'd like to think there's things we can do it's it's massive isn't it and it's Mm. all connected to um the climate crisis and everything just over consumption and profit and yeah you know it is huge and i i think it could be very overwhelming actually which yeah make you think oh would you know what i can't do anything to change it i'm not going to bother yeah or you could think oh this is just horrendous where do I start yeah um but hopefully there is something yeah there is I think hopefully there's hope yeah um when were you first aware like of this big um crisis in the world so I think with the plastics actually it was while I was still teaching because I was so I was teaching year two and I can't remember why but we ended up doing a project on sea turtles Mm -hmm. um and obviously they are massively suffering yeah. because of the plastic in the ocean yeah and also you know over development of the beaches the nesting sites and things so yeah I think then and actually that coincided with the first blue planet so I think I wasn't I wasn't unaware before then you just weren't you, as aware no exactly yeah um you've just been made a plastic action champion what does that involve? So it's a voluntary thing. I haven't yeah. won any award or anything. But it's... Yeah. Um, so East Suffolk Council um, have something called the Green Print Forum, which is kind yeah. of a sustainability um, group, I suppose. Um, and they were asking for volunteers, people who would be happy to kind of get out into the community yeah. and have conversations with people about single-use plastic. Yeah. So I wasn't going to do it initially because I thought, you know, I've got too much. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is crazy. I can't take on this as well. But actually, I have these conversations every day. Yeah. So um, it would just be a combination of um, kind of doing what I do through Covered Love. Yeah. But then also, which was my plan anyway, to do school visits and, you know, talk to local community groups and things. Yeah. And do things like this, actually, and mm. sort of just... Bang the drum, spread the word. Yeah, and engage with the exactly. younger generation. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah we were, we had a meeting the other day, the first one, and they were saying, you know, how do we, how do we talk to, you know, yeah. your age group actually? Yeah. How do we engage them? Because, like you said earlier, some are very switched on yeah. and want to do what they can, and others just, are either unaware yeah. or, or just don't don't because they don't like the foods that come in single use plastic exactly. and yeah. yeah. Um, you worked in eco school for a while. What is what was that so eco school is um so there's it's a governmental scheme basically where schools can um sign up to be accredited as eco school yeah different standards like bronze silver gold um but the one i taught him was kind of a purpose-built eco school yeah so it um it was brand new so we moved into it while i was teaching um and it had a wind turbine 
and it had solar panels on the roof and it yeah. had um like an energy capture heating system built under yeah. the playground so everything was sustainable good, sustainable yeah. exactly and then it had a curriculum which was specifically written for the school yeah based on education for sustainable development so basically yeah. every lesson we taught yeah every subject there was a sustainability element to it it's almost which, like it was crossing over like cross-curricular almost definitely yeah. so making those links and actually just having kind of key questions of um, yeah you know, how how does this impact on other people yeah um which was actually really interesting and it became kind of second nature and the, the kids yeah. were really engaged with it because they started it from yeah. you know, reception. So, yeah, so it was in Hertfordshire and I would really, I'm keen to go back actually. Yeah. Do you, do you think more schools now are coming more aware? I think so. So I mean, I don't know about secondary schools, but yeah. certainly loads of primary schools that I've spoken to over the last year yeah. have done projects on um, plastic reduction and a are trying to reduce the plastic in the school and doing yeah. sort of collections for TerraCycle and things like that. So yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, you're obviously passionate about like the environment and helping it. How did you then come to start your own business? So sadly, and what, I and what is to, Cupboard Love? Yeah, um, I wanted to leave teaching. Um, yeah, because while I enjoyed things like doing project on turtles, there's yeah. not t- enough time in the curriculum to do yeah. lovely things like that. And as much as I tried to make it cross-curricular, I just found it was too cramped and, yeah. you know, I wanted a change, basically. Yeah. So I, um, it was about this time last year, I was thinking, what am I going to do? Investigating different options and then came across um, a shop down in Devon, mm-hmm. which is a zero waste shop. Yeah. Um, so they sell all the loose foods and reusable bits and pieces. So that was my initial plan to sort of bring that to Suffolk, but coming from teaching and having no experience in retail or, or business, yeah. I thought, actually, that's a huge undertaking. Yeah. So um, I decided to be to make it a mobile shop. Yeah. Um, and so actually, I was just testing the water really last summer with a few markets and yeah. kind of just having conversations with people of, is this something you would want? Yeah. Um, and then the name, I suppose it must have come by the time I started, um, Yeah. kind of... I don't know where it came from, really. Just I didn't want something yeah. too worthy, um, you know, eco or green yeah. or whatever. I wanted it to feel a bit more homely and friendly. Yeah. And, you know, hence my colours are pink and teal. Yeah. Because, you know, most of my customers in reality are women. So, yeah. you know, and I'm quite girly and I like pink <laughs> and I do want bunting and fairy lights in my little shop. Yeah. So. Um, was it like really scary or not scary, but like, was it, did you worry quite a bit about it was your first time and it was quite a lot of money and you didn't know it, how it would go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, gosh, because, you know, even teaching gives you certain skills. Yeah. But having your own business and kind of being responsible for all your decisions yeah. and, and everything and sort of, yeah, is and bringing something new to, to you know, I'm not saying yeah. like a shoe shop that people are, familiar with this is changing yeah. people's way of shopping and it's completely different so yeah yeah daunting <laughs> every day <laughs> are there have there been any challenges so far in when since when you started yes so um well so currently yeah my van is um being fitted out you know the yeah. first stage to be the shop 
I think I thought the whole get the van, make it into a mobile shop would would be easier. Yeah. Um, you know, I did a crowdfunder before Christmas, which sort of got the ball rolling. Um, yeah. And got people on board and sort of spread the word. And then it's, you know, it's now May. Yeah. So, you know, we bought a van. We decided it was too big. We sold a van. Um, so, yeah, coming back to is it scary? Yes, yeah. Because you realise actually... You what if it goes wrong, wrong decision, yeah and it's not the end of the world but it's yeah. frustrating because it takes time and I keep saying when I've got the van and when I'm doing this I, I yeah. kind of feel I'm not quite where I want it to be yet yeah but very close and why is your van called Boudica that was my daughter's idea actually yeah um, because she'd been studying the Romans at school yeah and Boudica is actually you know relatively local yeah so Small person against a big, <laughs> big enemy. I yeah. Suppose. So it's quite fitting, actually. I quite like it. Yeah. And um, what brought you up here to Suffolk? Um, so we were in Hertfordshire before. Um, yeah. And partly because my husband had done some work over in Suffolk. Um, we wanted to be by the sea. Yeah. And we wanted to be in a small town rather than a village. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit of a pin in the map, but then we came on holiday to Bordsea. Um and really loved it mm. and just I was on maternity leave so you know didn't need I well, and I wasn't going back to my job anyway yeah um so we just thought yeah let's do it yeah so did you want did you want like a more do you do you think that Suffolk is more environmentally friendly or do you think it's worse than some other places I don't know if it's worse. I mean, I think it's probably highlighted because we have the coast. Yeah. So you do see the you know the marine rubbish. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't think it's. I, some people are more environmentally aware. Uh, just I suppose because it's more rural and it's yeah. Um, you can see the effect on the um, farmland and and things like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's hard to say really. Yeah. Now, who does your family include? Um. So there's me and my husband Alex and yeah. Izzy, who's nine, Zoe, who's seven, and our cat Twinkle, and our yeah. rabbit Coco. Um. Do you have any like favourite places in Suffolk that you just love going to? I think Bordsey is always yeah. very special because it's kind of where our Suffolk story started. Yeah, um, loads of places actually. Yeah. I, mean, I do love just wandering around Woodbridge. I have to say, it's yeah, town. And I'm going to yeah. really like Framlingham as well. Um, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. I love Suffolk. Do you have any like um, hopes for the future for the girls, as in like? With the environment, become more, more, more aware and do something about it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, think, you know, being aware now at their age, it would be, I'd be very disappointed if they yeah. kind of turned their back on it. Yeah, and didn't care anymore. You know, because it is your guy's future. Actually, yeah. You know, Zoe's only seven, but um, for her future to be bright, as they say. Yeah. You know, yes, they do need to kind of keep on with the action and and be aware and keep yeah. spreading the you know setting the example actually to, yeah. to the older people who are maybe less aware, less aware and, or a bit more yeah. set in their ways so yeah definitely my little ambassadors yeah um well, we're coming to the end of the podcast so we've just got one final question uh what would you tell your teenage self so I have had to think about this actually yeah um I would say back yourself yeah. Because, I don't know, I'm not generally a nervous person, but I do remember in teaching, after some holiday, going back and just thinking, oh my gosh, I can't do this, you know. Yeah. But 
you know within seconds of a class coming in you're fine and you're you and you're doing it and you know I had good feedback from most of my lesson yeah. observations and Ofsted and everything but still I had a bit of a doubt yeah and even now doing something different um and your own business that yeah exactly you just need to believe I just in need yourself. to back myself yeah. and I know that you know I have these conversations and I think even over the last year I've probably become yeah. more confident talking to people yeah all, all ages yeah. and whatever um so because everyone's only human aren't they and, yeah you know, no one's gonna well I don't know they might laugh at you but whatever I think <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit older as well I kind of don't care what people think yeah be the little eco eco lady <laughs> yeah you know so yeah back yourself is a is important yeah thank you for talking to me You're today very welcome it's been fun thanks Rose <laughs> enjoyed listening to talking teenage life podcast and that this discussion has inspired you please remember to subscribe via your usual podcast provider we'd love you to leave a review online and don't forget to visit www.talkingteenagelife.com to find out what we're up to